everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fashion and Focus, the podcast brought together by Showroom 22, based in Auckland, New Zealand. I'm Rosie Herdman, and today I'm talking to Sydney-based Kiwi Mega Kapoor, editor and creative director of Inprint Magazine and fashion stylist. Mega has been running Inprint since 2015, while simultaneously working as a successful freelance stylist, and prior to that got her start in the fashion industry at top publications Vogue India, Vogue Australia, and Oyster. Described as a proudly creative independent platform that celebrates modern luxury, Inprint is a gorgeous publication, and I'm excited to chat to Mega about how she got started with it, plus her fashion career thus far. Thank you so much for joining me, Mega. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm a real fan of your work across both styling and Imprint, um, and I just think you've got such a great eye. I'd love to hear how you got started in the industry. You're from Auckland, is that right? Yeah, so I um, was born in India and then my parents moved to Auckland when I was, uh, I think I was like one or two. So definitely um, grew up in Auckland and consider myself a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, how did I get started? It was it's pretty weird, well, I guess unexpected sort of way to enter the fashion industry. It's not something... I always had a real, sounds so cliche, but passion for fashion. You know, I always loved it. Can't help that it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just so cheesy, but, um, you know, easiest way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to, ended up going to law school in Melbourne. Um, and I guess there I worked at this amazing um, boutique called Asin. And they had like, you know, Andamila Meester and Rick Owens and really kind of got into that, um, that very niche side of, um, that very niche aesthetic. Mm. And I was kind of set and I was pretty obsessed with that. Um, but I never, still never really knew that you could kind of have a career and it was quite traditionalist in terms of what, um, it meant to have a successful career, Yeah, I guess. Um, and yeah, at the end of my degree, I, I got, quite sick and um, ended up cold calling the editor of Vogue India and sort of just asking for a internship because I finished my law degree and was like, this is definitely not what I want to do with my life. Hmm. Um, If I just am really honest, I want to work in this industry. There was this big pull towards it. And initially I thought the way to do that for me was through writing and as you know, I don't know if the fate would have it. She sort of, I think she was so confused by this random girl just <laughs> calling her, you know, like New Zealand accent from Australia going, can I have an internship? She just kind of gave me one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I sort of spent, ended up spending quite a few months there and had um, worked under this amazing woman called Bandana Tiwari, who is now, um, you know, contributed to business of fashion and just quite an eminent fashion journalist, Mm. um, pretty far away from home. It was a pretty weird time, amazing time, but basically through working at Vogue India, I ended up getting a position as a fashion assistant at Vogue Australia. Mm. And that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah. So did you move to India or were you working remotely from Australia? No, yeah, I moved to India. So I lived in, um, Bombay or Mumbai. Um, I think I was there for about 
six to eight months from memory. Okay. It's all a bit of a blur. But, um, yeah, moved there and was mainly sort of um, writing mm-hmm. about fashion and, you know, was, was lucky because as an intern I was really thrown in the deep end and was given a lot of responsibility and um, then kind of there saw what styling was yeah. um, and they let me style, they let me style this socialite, which was really a bizarre experience. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of went, oh, you know, something clicked and I was like, I think this is what I want to be doing. Um, I want to focus on this. And I think I had a conversation with Bundana about it and yeah, she just said, I think you'd be great. I think you should go for it. So I didn't, I didn't sort of assist in the traditional sense, mm. um, you know, work for a stylist and then work up like that. But I did then kind of move to Vogue Australia to Sydney yeah. and got into that um, fashion assistant role, which was basically my, my real training, I guess, in terms yeah. of being a stylist. Yeah. It sounds like a, it was a pretty supportive environment. Would you say that for your learning yeah, at Vogue Australia or? Um, Vogue India, I guess, initially, you know, kind of being thrown in the deep end. and I guess I look back because it was such intense personalities and when you're far from home and you're, you know, young and it was, there was a lot of sort of really intense experiences that, yeah. you know, you kind of, I don't want to brush over because I think our industry can be pretty hard. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of baptism by fire, which can actually be quite scary and, um not that easy to navigate, but yes, at the same time, I I was lucky because it was, I feel like this industry just in general is like you, you will get out what you put in, um, particularly as a, as an intern or, or as a junior, like if you're willing to sort of really sort of put in the hard yards and, you know, it sounds awful, but like pop a lot, then, um, you know, there's, there's, um, there are benefits to that. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'm desensitized or something. I'm like, Oh, that sounds so supportive, but yeah, you're so you're oh, right. Man. It's, it is, it's hard work despite the outward glamour that people yeah. might exactly. see. Yeah. That's a really lovely, polite way. Of <laughs> we don't have to be polite. Um, no. <laughs> And so what was the process then from you were working at Vogue Australia and then um, from there to between that and starting Imprint Magazine, what was your journey there? So um, so basically I'd, I'd say my time at Vogue Australia kind of laid my foundations in terms of um, how to assist, how to just, you know, be really proactive. And then um, after Vogue Australia, I... I I freelanced for a bit. I did a little bit for Rush magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a magazine called Madison that I was kind of like freelance market editing at. And then um, I got a position at Oyster magazine, um, which was obviously an incredibly different experience to something like Vogue. You know, it was very much like I dyed my hair blue and, you know, (laughs) it was just, it was, it, it was intense and and challenging and rewarding, all for different um, for different mm-hmm. reasons. But I think after sort of, I was there for about two years. After that, I felt like I had experienced what Australia had to offer in terms of um, Magland mm-hmm. and two kind of very different um, 
you know, different, different versions of it and two very valid versions of it. But I kind of was like, I I just want to make the pictures that I want to make. And, um, yeah, I, I guess there was a feeling of no one's actually doing things the way I'd like to do them or telling the stories I'd like to tell. Um, so I guess it's quite selfish, but, um, yeah, I just, I kind of, and, and I don't want to gloss over it. I found it quite, yeah, there were, mo- there were moments of Vogue that were extra- incredibly hard. There were moments at Oyster that were incredibly hard. And I, I guess it was also about building my own culture. I don't want to have to um, conform to someone else's workplace and, and, and their culture. I want to build that for myself. And so with starting in print, um, so it's a biannual publication. Yeah. And, and I love your core values. So creativity, diversity, compassion and craftsmanship can you expand on those values and tell me about those four pillars as part of your publication yeah I think um I mean I think the whole idea of diversity and inclusivity has to be I mean it's just a necessity I think of just you know um not just being in this industry but being in this world and I think look around at what's happening right now um that was and you know myself I'm a person of color like it's just not something I don't that was just inherent and um I guess you know that that I I do feel like there's a lot of tokenism that goes on and like it's something that people are ticking off lists and Mm. that's not um yeah, that was just like, that's never just, that's never going to be the imprint thing. It is just, it is what it is. It's self-evident, I hope. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think also the, that idea of luxury and I've been fortunate enough to have support from incredible luxury brands mm-hmm. from the get-go. Um, and I think that whole idea of luxury extent to me, craftsmanship and those small producers, which I really try and sort of... Um, who I try and champion to me, they sort of espouse the same luxury values. So to me, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so I think, you know, we need to all be really conscious of how we're spending our money, mm. especially coming out of COVID as well. Like it's just spending money on the right things and really treasuring what you, what you, what you buy and, um, and, and loving it. Mm. Um, and caring for it and it not, and just not being a slave to trends. Like it's just so exhausting. Um, and I, and I thought, you know, if I'm exhausted by it, I'm sure other people are as well. Yeah. I really do agree with you about the luxury thing. I think that was something that really, uh, interests me about imprint is how it is a very luxurious looking, so polished, um, and luxurious looking publication, but it's also natural and it doesn't feel in your face. And I feel like luxury, the old version of luxury used to be like brands and logos and expensive things. Whereas now it's like things that are made to last. And yeah, what's your view on modern luxury and how we navigate that I think it's exactly that you know it's engaging in the things that you buy and really loving them and getting that use out of them and yeah it's not about um that whole like brash sort of I guess like 80s 90s thing of a big logo I don't know that's just not um and each to their own I mean that's some people might might love that but to me um 
the idea of luxury is just as being considered and, and buying the things that really make you happy and speak to you, um, whether that is, you know, a jacket from Chanel that you're likely to keep forever and pass on to your kids and grand, grandkids or it's a, um, you know, a beautiful piece of uh, a glass ornament by a Devon-made glass who's I know is a, um, a Kiwi, you know, I think to me that kind of, it's there's so many, there's parallels there, um, and also I think as you get older, perhaps or wiser, I don't know. Like it, I think that idea of luxury, you know, you want it to permeate every part of your your life. It's not just um, what you're wearing. It's like how you're drinking your tea in the morning. Yeah. It's you know, um, it's the diary that you're writing in. It's um, it, I think yeah, there are so many touch points throughout the day where it can. You know, influence your your life and, and bring you joy. It's almost like rituals, isn't it? Like reading a magazine is a ritual as well as you'd have it with your coffee or your tea. Or... Absolutely, absolutely. And in that way, you know, I hope um, you know with, with Imprint, we've launched online recently, and part of that has been um, you know stocking the magazines that I love on there and supporting mm. those publications because to me they are um, they they they're a luxury item, you know, they're, they're so beautiful and past issues will sit on my, you know, coffee table and I'll still pick them up and flip through them. And yeah, that to me, that's all, yeah, that all kind of encapsulates that idea of um, modern luxury. Yeah. And how did you go about sort of positioning yourself in such a way that these luxury brands would be keen to get on board and support in print? Um, I, it wasn't really that strategic. It was kind of, you know, I think it's about having, I guess the thing I learned at Vogue is you have to have good relationships with people. And um, I think, you know, it's the way you communicate, it's, you know, your professionalism. And, um, you know, I think perhaps that that's what worked in, in my favor because they were um Hermes and Chanel have been the biggest supporters and literally from day dot yeah. and 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 other brands who would who would loan me their clothes which is a privilege um but I I think it was born out of just having like really solid relationships where um yeah that that were nurtured and that you know um that that I still nurture and you know uh, and not taking anything for granted throughout my career mm. um and then you know I, I guess the the ideals and the the you know values of imprint that as we were discussing are, are kind of self-evident in these luxury brands so perhaps it, it made sense yeah. um but yeah I, I would say it's it's mainly about having solid relationships mm. throughout you know, from a junior level. Going back to the beginning, what's the process of getting a magazine like that off the ground? You know, even just like printing and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> the real exciting. <laughs> yeah, the real, the real nitty gritty. Yeah. It's not so uh, calm and, you know, <laughs> luxurious as I'm probably making it sound. No, it's, it's really hard work. I mean, I haven't um, it's, you know, it's, it's a bare bones operation. It's literally me and my partner, Mikey, who I owe a lot of credit to. He, um, does the art direction and the design. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, I guess 
you know, you start, I, you, I'm constantly thinking about like the content to go in. I don't generally don't theme issues. So it kind of, in a way comes together quite organically, but there are certainly sections of the magazine that we try and, um, you know, make sure it covered off each issue. Um, but it's just a really hard slog. I mean, I, do, I don't, deadlines um, suck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, they do. And, You'd, you'd know like it's 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 a lot of um you know because also it it's not like a um it's not like approaching I, I I can imagine other projects where you can be quite methodical and there aren't other things that just are constantly like thrown in the way like obstacles like oh this girl's flying in and you've literally got like with Halima I think we had like 48 hours to turn around that cover wow. and just figure it out and you know so um they, they can be you know, cover stories like that. And then ones that you plan for months. And then, you know, um, there was one amazing woman <laughs> who I won't name, um, but she, you know, she didn't rock up for like seven hours and I was in Paris <laughs> and had gone there a second time to shoot her. So there's just, I wish I had like, and I'm constantly trying to find, you know, after I put each issue, I'm starting on it now. Like it's going to be so streamlined. Yeah. Like the workflow is going to be amazing and I'll balance it with my freelance and Mikey and I are going to scream at each other and go, what on earth are we doing? But it just, it, it never eventuates like that. It's always a bit of mayhem. Um, and, you know, I think maybe it's just about learning that I, we kind of love that and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Sometimes a bit of pressure can really get you in the right yeah. spirit of things. <laughs> Totally, totally. Um, yeah, but we just started printing. I mean, printing's, you know, it's a massive, obviously a massive cost. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think if you do print and you are printing people's beautiful images, you've got to do it well. So we've just found, thankfully, a, um, an amazing printer in Australia who does offset. Um, but, you know, it's just constantly, like every issue you're navigating something else and trying to solve another problem and try and make the product yeah. better. Um, so it's, yeah, it really feels like every issue is its own, own beast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the women that you feature are all super varied, which, you know, is wonderful. And people, you've had Monica Bellucci and Halima Arden, um, Gemma Ward, Paloma Alcesa, Carolyn Murphy, some like really incredible women. Yeah. No, I've been very, very lucky, um, with the incredible um, talent that we've been able to tap into and um, that have agreed to be a part of um, a part of imprint. It's, um, you know, something I, you know, it's an opportunity for me to meet. It's, you know, again, it's like sometimes I think it's really selfish. These are people that I am so inspired by and, and, you know, and so it's really, um, it's super rewarding to be um, able to work with talent like that on the subject of like print versus digital obviously you said that you went you would you've been digital because of covid um and print is kind of a bit of a struggling industry as you said it's expensive and we've seen a lot of print magazines being put on hold and yeah I wanted to get your thoughts on why what you love about print and why you think it's important and what your thoughts are on the situation. Yeah. I mean, so basically we've been working on um, 
imprint uh, the digital iteration for literally over a year mm. just to get it right. And I, you know, understand that that is so important and um, it's been super rewarding having that platform. I think, you know, print is always, you know, we couldn't print um, this issue for, which would have been out sort of April um, just because distribution was completely um, shot. It was pr- completely impossible. So yeah just um yeah it just wasn't wasn't feasible I think with what's going on right now it's it's a bit of a scary time for publishing I mean I know that it's been hard in New Zealand and obviously here as well a lot of magazines on hold and traditional um more traditional titles sort of um going through a really hard time I think we I think with print it's about really got to respect who the reader is and I mean, for me, it's always going to be the print issue will always be there because that's where it started. And that whole idea that as we were talking about that idea of luxury and Mm. that tangible thing of being able to like pick it up and look at it and really do the story's justice is so important. Mm. I think it's, I think print, some print is just going to have to do better, Mm. you know, not to be blunt about it, but, you know, I think the reader is savvy and thinks certain titles are suffering because you know people just don't want to be sold things constantly yeah I think basically it's about um you know just just doing better than just like creating catalogs um Mm. uh yeah I mean that's you know I I still have my self I think the first self-service that I bought you know like I think there I think there will always be a place for print and I think it's about um yeah keeping the level really high and um affecting mm. your reader and maybe also I, perhaps some things can't speak to everyone you know I think some things are, tr- are trying to be really broad brush and I don't know I mean I'm, I'm just sort of you know speaking stream of consciousness here but yeah that's sort of my gut feeling but you know I, I don't think print's going anywhere for sure it's interesting that you bring up sponsored content because obviously that's becoming so much more prevalent across both print, online, social media. You know, some days you go onto Instagram and it just feels like everything's sponsored yeah. in either an overt or a covert way. Um, what are your thoughts around that? What's the right way to go about it, do you think? I think, um, I mean, it's something that it's a necessity and, you know, to be completely up, you know, it's something that I have, to, I do engage with and I um, I actually mm. enjoy engaging with a lot. I think, I think it's about, again, it comes down to what is the platform? What, what are the alignments? Like who are they aligning with? Um, does it feel natural have they have they executed something that's really clever and smart and mm. um you know uh feels genuine like i think there are like uh, there's a there's a real spectrum in that whole you know that whole genre of sponsored content and yeah i think you know i think if you've got a publication that has a really clear there's something like the gentlewoman like i think mm. where they're collaborators are just flawless you know and it's like i'm i want to i want to know about your nike running club and i'm not even in london but that, that would be a really <laughs> yeah. fun thing to do you know so i think there yeah. are like wonderful examples of how to do it and i think again it comes back down to what is your voice as a as a 
you know, I don't know, an influencer or an Instagram account or a blog or whatever. Like, it, is it mm. is it really honed? You know what you're about, and then I think you'll you'll create good content. Yeah, that's exactly right because it is becoming more prevalent, and uh, brands are seeking out alignments with people that they see fit with their values. So, and you're right. When I see something that is cool and natural and seems right. It's like, awesome. You know, that it's a really good fit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely all about going about it the right way. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, some things can be, it can be a lovely marriage, you know, like if, mm. if a brand can give like an independent platform or, you know, the, the means to sort of make something happen, that can be fantastic. And so online at imprint, online you have marketplace which is a platform where you it's like an online shop could you tell me more about that it still very much feels like a bit of a work in progress but I I guess that's just another I felt like it was really important to kind of um complete the loop I guess you know um in terms of extending the experience into you know some sort of curated shopping and that's something that's going to keep evolving and um you know we're looking at a few like wonderful collaborations with friends but then I really wanted it to firmly be grounded in um artisanal products Mm. um the print aspect was really important as well um and just yeah just just also seeing what people what what they're responding to Mm. um and, you know, we we do cover so many small producers and little artisans and there's a section called Doing One Thing Well, which is literally just like a library of wonderful um, people doing just that. And yeah. I think I, want, I wanted to really, it's one of my favourite parts of the magazine because I, I learn about so many new things that way. And I just wanted to extend that to, um, you know, a shopping experience. Mm. Do you think that that is part of the future of magazines, a more integrated shoppable platform? Yes, definitely. You know, I kind of, it kind of baffles me that it hasn't been more prevalent, to be honest. Like, Mm. I mean, if you look the other way at, um, you know, online retailers becoming, you know, sources of content. um, Yeah, yeah, I think think it makes sense, definitely. And I think, you know, if you are going to have digital presence, I think... I think it's a it's just a, a nice additional layer. I mean, it's a, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. And, um, Mikey, my partner, will probably tell you how hard it was to kind of marry the two in the way that we kind of thought looked right. Um, yeah. And we were spent way too much time worrying about that. But as a um, you know, I, I shop on a few online. I don't really shop that much online, but there's just a couple, and I get quite hooked. Um, you know, I like, I like that experience of coming back and, um, you know, uh, my chameleon's one of my favorite and Giselle's a friend of mine. I think she does, she marries that idea of content and her edit of things so nicely. And I, I just, I wanted to create something that, um, gave other people that experience too. And you do freelance styling on the side. Um, and I've seen, some of your recent work with you've done some great shoots with Elle um, and you know you do a bit of celebrity styling and can you tell me what your process is with that and how that kind of fits into your schedule? So yeah so I I have a um, work as a freelance stylist and I have a um, wonderful agent Kate who kind of looks after that um, with 
which, you know, I, I love, I love having that because I think it's really, it can kind of, sometimes it's really nice. I guess with imprint, I can, you can get quite, it's quite, um, it's really personal, not to say that the other stuff isn't personal, you know, but I guess that other side of what I do, it's, I can kind of approach it more like a, um, you know, nine to five almost, you know, it's, it's kind of, and you know, that's, it's a lot of it's money work. And, um, with Elle, it's been, I've really, really enjoyed contributing to Elle. It's, um, Ginevra, um, the editor and Naomi were both, um, I've worked with both of them at Vogue and have, Mm. um, think they're, um, amazing women. And yeah, it's just been nice because I've been tapped to do some stories with, um, really interesting women and you know they've given me some pretty free reign to kind of conceptualize things and it's nice to be able to tell a story in a in a different way to a perhaps a slightly different audience I'm not sure maybe they cross over but you know it's just a bit younger and more spirited and freer and that's been and a bit more commercial and that's you know I really enjoy that part of it as well and you know I think with COVID i been speaking to, um, you know, people in my industry and we're just all, you know, uh, dying to just get back on set and be with everyone and yeah. you know, get working again. Yeah. Cause what's the situation over in Australia at the moment with all of that? Well, I mean, it, it definitely feels like it's starting again. You know, I think we can, um, we're allowed to sort of be on set and you know not to say that I I mean I'm still feeling a bit fun not funny about it but I guess because it's been feel like we've been hibernating the idea of just kind of completely you know um going back into it straight away feels a bit weird but I'm I think everyone's really keen to just start you know because it's such a you know it's such a nice experience being on set with your friends you're with people that you really you know love being around from you know the assistants you know just drinking coffee and like making pictures and you know it's not that it's not that basic and simple but there's a there's a side of it the community is really um you know it's it's really rewarding and really lovely um so yeah it'll be good to get back into that I think I think it is ramping up again I at the same time I really don't think that it's going to look like what it looked like before um, mm. I can't imagine that, you know, I think people have really taken a hit financially. So um, I don't know if there will be those massive budgets to do these insanely big productions anymore. So I think everyone's going to have to learn to be a bit more agile and maybe think outside the box a bit. Obviously, we are in the middle of a week of immense turmoil around the world. There's a lot of anger and pain and everyone's trying to find ways to grapple with what's going on in America and in turn it's making us look at what's happening in our own countries in Australia and New Zealand. How are you feeling about things I guess from a fashion industry perspective? Um, Yeah it's really challenging. Um, It's really it's tragic and it's infuriating and Mm. um I think I mean from the conversations that I've had with people that I know within the industry particularly um people of color and you know it's it's very it's a very tough thing to navigate but I think basically it's you know incumbent on all of us to really just try and Mm. um be mindful and be really aware about what we're saying and doing I think I mean, just from a personal point of view, I found social media quite a hard thing 
to, I found it really exhausting and um, frustrating and maddening. And then, but then realizing the importance of it as well. Um, I wish I had a, a more clear answer for you, but I guess we're all kind of going through that, all the emotions every day, you know, I'll get really frustrated at something and then, um, I, I just think it's about having meaningful dialogue and I just really, really hope that people translate stuff, you know, the things they're putting on social media into offline action. Um, and that, that's, that's it really, you know, cause there's no point otherwise. Yeah. And it's also not up to you to have this clear stock standard answer. It's such a murky, complicated, hard situation. Mm. Um, and yeah, you're right. Social media, while on the one hand, it's such a vital platform for sharing information and it is a way that we can all feel connected. But on the other hand, it's important that you're not just posting a couple of things on social media, but not actually having any real proper conversations. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that particularly with, you know, my, my immediate community, um, people that I work with in the fashion industry, I hope that conversation is more open and happens more, you know, mm. because I don't think, I don't think it does enough um, to be honest. And I think yeah. I was having a conversation, uh, I interviewed this a girl called Mercy Sang who has this great um, platform in Melbourne called POC Magazine and she's a black black woman and, you know, she's really struggling. And and she, in the interview, which it will be upline so, online soon, um, she said, you know, it's, it's about more than just shooting a, a model that's an ethnic model. And yeah. it's so true because, you know, that's, that's become, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is tokenistic and it's become trendy and it's about more than that you know, it's, it really is. So yeah, I hope more real conversations are had and we see not just in the fashion industry, but in the fashion industry, you know, let's um, bring more people up, support a wider range of businesses. Um, What do our teams look like? You know, like it's just got to do better. What would your advice be to someone wanting to get into your line of work? I don't want to be too blunt, but I would say I, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm not a fashion designer. I don't know how to pattern make. And, you know, so I think if you, if, the, if those are the skills you want to know, but I, this is not something that you go to university and learn about something, learn about art history, learn about, I don't know, literature. Like mm. you don't need to go to a fashion school. I mean, that sounds yeah, it's probably, I should not be saying that, but I think in my experience, I think it's, you know, develop your aesthetic, know, know who you are as a creative to a point and be willing to work really, really hard and grow and, and absorb. But I think, you know, yes, assisting is definitely a way in and, but you know, I, I didn't know about that when I started. And honestly, I think having an education outside of fashion and experiences outside and, and knowledge outside of fashion has really helped me be within this industry. And mm. I think in terms of some of the young people that I see coming up, and especially in this age of, you know, social media and influences and whatnot, I think the people that stand out to me are people that they, and maybe they haven't, you know, gone to university to do that, but they have a really, they, they have like a really genuine interest in the arts or in, in aesthetics that go beyond wanting to have a lot of followers or this mm. idea of what a glamorous life looks like. Go to fashion school if you want, but also maybe not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's about, 
it's about what skills, you know, I don't, I, I don't know that you can learn those skills, the skills that I need for, for styling or putting, I, I don't know. I, I never learned, I didn't go to fashion school, but I just, some, a lot of it seems like a real rot to me. And I think you yeah. better then kind of, um, I don't know, learning about lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This might be more of a selfish question because I find styling quite stressful still. <laughs> um, and I've done a bit of it myself. Yeah. What are some good tips for being a well-rounded stylist? <laughs> I mean, there are two things for me and I certainly am not like, you know, there are certainly people I would love to ask that question to. Um, I think it's about having a really don't be too referential to other fashion images if you can um, as a starting point you know I guess the idea is always where it starts and I think you know when I'm putting together like a mood board or something I always try and um, look outside of other people's fashion images to other things you know and there are so many things that can influence that right now I'm just completely obsessed by Michael Jordan and what it's so lame it's like I'm a 13 year old boy and I missed that whole <laughs> Yeah, Jordan thing, but the way is just, I just think he looked so cool. Yeah. Um, and my partner thinks I'm just the biggest loser for that. But like, Have you guys I, heard of a... Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, I think it's, yeah, finding that thing, that hook, that kind of draw. And then also it's a collaboration. So find the team that you like, people that you feel comfortable with, especially if it's like purely editorial. Um mm. And then be open to the fact that it may not turn out to be anything that you had originally planned. Because yeah. we know, you know, you know the things that can kind of come in come into your way. But I think if you start with that really core idea that's really firm in your head anyway, then even when things change, it's I don't know, you've kind of got that gives me a sense of security, I guess. It's like I know what I'm I also try and be really edit I'm not a style, I don't like to have 1000 pieces on set you know right I wasn't trained like that I think you can be really edited in your process before you arrive to set or to location um mm. I find that other way of working really wasteful and a bit fraudulent um yeah so um yeah I hope hope that's hope that helps I just got my notebook out yes. <laughs> writing down everything you're saying then you have like one, you know one black top and one box <laughs> on set <laughs> It's this or nothing. It's this or nothing, yeah. <laughs> Actually, don't be like that if it's a commercial job. Do the opposite. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a thousand uh, bucks because that's what they like to see usually. Yeah. Options, options, options. Options, options. Yeah, totally. My last question for you is who are some other people that you admire, um, either in fashion or not in fashion, but working around you? at the moment in in Australia or can it just be I think it can just be any anywhere who are some people that you look up to and admire oh there's so I mean there's so many um I think I mean right now I've been looking at uh the work of Ib Kamara the stylist okay I he's I believe he's London based I just think he um you know I guess we can get caught up in sort of thinking that we've seen everything a lot as well I'm sure you know as a stylist you you yourself and working in fashion it can all seem like Groundhog Day but I, I just think his work is um just incredible um 
So he's definitely one. Um, there's actually a photographer who's an Indian ph- photographer and I, you know, sort of going to India and doing a shoot has been something I've been really dying to do. And I would love to do an entire issue that I shot there. And, mm. um, he's someone that I found via Instagram that I just think is amazing. His name is Ashish Shah. Um, mm-hmm. and he just takes the most beautiful images. Um, I mean, there's, there's just so many, um, you know, in terms of like other magazines, I'm completely obsessed with pleasure garden. Um, Mm, anything like horticultural at the moment is really uh, (laughs) grabbing me. Um, wholesome, wholesome, very wholesome. Yeah. So pleasure garden. Um, I love lunch and magazine been looking a lot. Um, we did a story with this amazing floral artist um, called Fajura. Her name's Simone Gooch. Yeah, she's based in London. Yeah. Was posted something of hers recently on the site and then just kind of got lost in looking at her work again, which is so beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, there's too many to... Um, who's another? Benjamin Bruno is a stylist. I, I just think his work is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um Anna Marie K. Van Drimlin, that's a real mouthful, but she's a um, photographer. I think she's from Amsterdam. Yeah, I've always been obsessed with her. Yeah, I love her work. Um, She just, a new story just came out of hers, um, which was just, yeah, it's just so classic and elegant. I think off the top of my head, those would be my picks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anyone in Australia that you would love to work with for Imprint? Gosh, I mean, in Australia, I have such, there's so many wonderful people that I, Derek Henderson, who's another Kiwi, James Tollick, actually, who's also a Kiwi. Um, I would love to do something with Bill Henson. It's been something that I've sort of spoken. It's quite nice. Um, The the idea of also looking to photographers that are maybe outside of fashion as well um, is something that I'm quite interested in. And um, yeah, he's definitely someone that, you know, whose work I love and um, have been trying to have dialogue. So um, that's definitely someone on my mind that I'm dying to work with. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. Watch this space. If you're listening, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Yeah. Get back to me. <laughs> yeah. Right back, please. <laughs> um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat to me, Mega. It was a real pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to um, yeah, be connecting with New Zealand. That was the latest from Fashion and Focus. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of our conversation. Check out more of our episodes on your favourite podcast feed and get in touch with us at fashionandfocus at showroom22.com.